0: Hi everyone, I'm really excited to present the very first episode of Service in Practice. And before we dive into the episode, I'd like to share a little bit about the intent of this podcast. I'm passionate about service in my church, and I wanted to bring to light some of the practical lessons that are important for service through the voices of different guests. Each episode will be an interview with a guest on a different topic regarding the practical elements of service. And the verse that really sums up my vision and will be the theme of the podcast is 1 Peter 4.10, which reads, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. If you want to hear a little bit more about why I wanted to start this podcast, be sure to check out the trailer. And now, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our very first guest, Boulos Tedros, a man of many gifts who has dedicated his life to service. And today, Bulas will talk about mentor-servants, why Discipleship is Foundational to Successful Service. Hey, Bulus, how are you doing?
1: Hey, Karen. Thank you for having me with you today.
0: I'm really happy to have you on the podcast, especially for this first episode. Bulus joins us today from Virginia. He's been serving the parish of St. George's Coptic Orthodox Church for about a year, and before that, he lived in New Jersey. I've known Bulus for many years as he served in my home church, the Coptic Orthodox Church of St. Mark in Jersey City. And Bulus was actually one of the teachers and founders of Servants Prep when I was in the program. So Boulos, tell us a little bit about how you started and transformed the Servants Prep program in multiple churches.
1: So Karen, we, um, we were out of the country for a while, and then when we arrived back, the fathers at St. Mark Church invited me over to discuss uh, how can we have a servants prep program that have a solid foundation to help the new uh, wonderful servants uh, to to be well prepped for uh, Sunday school and education and service in general. At the same time, uh, I had my firstborn, Eden, who, once she was born, as a father, I had her entire life run in front of me from um, being in first grade to high school to college to her wedding day. And a big part of that was me thinking about planning for her life on the spiritual side as well. And that really encouraged me to uh, invest in the Servants Prep program and the curriculum to invest not only in Eden herself, but in the servants that will be serving Eden and build her up to become that person that Christ want her to be. Uh, the fathers invited me over. We sat down. We start building an entire curriculum based on two years program. Um, we focused on the education. We used a lot of resources that was available at the time between different um, churches and, and build the program that we felt comfortable enough to be a good foundation for our future servants.
0: God bless your service for being able to start a program that has really grown and flourished. And even today, I can see the impacts of it on the servants that were in the program before me, the people in my generation, and even now some of the new servants who are slowly learning and becoming the future of the church. And I'm sure it wasn't easy to get the program started and keep it sustained in the beginning, but you were really dedicated to making sure it continued. So... Why does the program exist and why is it really so important?
1: So the program really existed because Kathy and myself, we believe in something called It Takes a Village. It takes a village to build up anyone from raising our kids to giving us personally a support system around us. Uh, and we were so blessed. We started at St. Mark Church with a, a fantastic and incredible group of, of youth that were support and to us as a servant uh, and with the time uh, goes on we start realizing that even for them as youth they need each other they need that support system they need that village so the whole program existed for servants or pre-servants to learn from each other to learn from the program and support each other in their service uh, to learn from a good foundation of knowledge that they can use in their entire life, not through only a classroom, not through a single event, but rather for their entire life, that they would build on a proper foundation.
0: That's really awesome. And even just thinking back on my own experience when I was in Servants Prep, I really appreciate now the foundation that I got back then, the exposure to different aspects of the church, like the sacraments church history, dogma, and much more. And I'm really grateful for the work that you and Kathy have done till this day. Now that we've talked a little bit about what Servants Prep is, I wanna think about what gaps could exist in service education.
1: That's a very good question, Karen. Um, When we started the program, we start building the whole concept around the education and the academic piece of the program. Uh, We modified a little bit the academic piece. We added some things. Um, After the second year, year after year, we start modifying and building up things uh, in a different way. Part of the program was something called the SIT, or SIT, and it was Servants in Training. And the idea behind that, that we were really focused on the learning experience, the books, the material. Uh, We even created a couple of Servants Prep books, to help with the program, but true experience, the practical experience of sitting in a classroom and standing up and talking in front of kids, um, and eventually is the one-on-one service. Things that you cannot teach, you can give the ground foundation, but in reality, uh, there is a huge gap, which is the practical experience. With that being said, as much as we tried to build up on this, we recognized that no matter what we do in a year or two or five or even 10, uh, there's always going to be that gap, that there is that one more thing that we need to learn that the course did not cover or cannot cover because of limitation of the classroom.
0: I agree with you that it's really important to have that practical experience. And that's something that I hope to explore through the podcast in different topics. And from what I remember in Servants Prep, one of the ways we were encouraged to navigate and figure out the practical challenges was through discipleship. It was really stressed in Servants Prep that each of us would have a mentor-servant. And why is it so important to find that mentor?
1: So this is really uh, tied to the comment we made earlier, which is there is a clear gap of experience, of the real, true, practical experience. So the mentor-servant, it's really a concept that came from Christ. Uh, and the disciples, where they were following him around, learning from him, uh, seeing things in action. They did listen to the lectures. They did listen to the Sermon on the Mountain, uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Uh, they, they heard it, but they also lived the practical life. They watched him. Uh, and that's how they grew in their spiritual life. And they were called disciples until their last days uh, on earth. And that same concept is really the idea of that mentoring or mentor-servant. It's somebody that will be there for you uh, to encourage you throughout the way, somebody that guides you, somebody that really can give you an honest advice, an honest feedback, somebody you can trust and ask questions and ask for direction or guidance in situations that you probably never experienced, but most likely they've seen it, they've been through it, Or they also have their own mentor servant that they can go and check and ask and come back to you with an answer. It's like your individual support system, uh, one-on-one, that a person you can always call on for an advice, a big brother, a big sister.
0: That's a really special relationship that you've described. And I can agree from my own experiences, having a mentor is something that's really taught me a lot. And I still... Speak with and I'm close to my mentor servant. And from your experience, can you share what some of the characteristics of a good mentor servant are?
1: So, of course, I want to make sure that everyone knows that the minute you become a servant, you are somebody's mentor servant. It doesn't matter if you know it or not, um, that becomes automatically that somebody's going to be looking at you, watching what you're doing. Even though that they not necessarily come to you and tell you, you are my mentor servant, you are my role model, um, and that's why it's so important for a servant to really realize they need to watch themselves, they need to watch their footsteps, they need to watch everything that they're doing, because they should be guiding other people without teaching by words. And I like a lot the uh, Saint Paul telling Saint Timothy in First Timothy four sixteen where he says, watch yourself and the teaching. And he specifically said to watch yourself first, because it's really all about the action. It's all about what you do, not what you say. It's so important in your personal life to be very dedicated to constantly examining yourself and make sure that you have a specific set of of measurement that you measure yourself with to be a Christ-like in everything you do. You should represent Christ. You are the image of Christ.
0: I like that a lot. And it's pretty crazy to think that anyone can be a mentor without even realizing it at any second, as you said. And I think it definitely adds weight to the responsibility that each of us have, but also keeps us accountable. And as time goes by, you can continue to have a mentor or be a mentor. And do you think that mentorship ever ends?
1: Um, this is a concept of, uh, a lot of people think that service in general
0: is, is, uh,
1: has a beginning and has an end. It does not. Service is a lifestyle. And being a mentor, again, with a concept that every servant is a mentor without you know it or not or without you like it or not, um, that never ends. It never ends. When, when the disciples were being mentored by Christ when Christ um, ascended. He sent them the Holy Spirit to continue mentoring them, to continue guiding them, to continue giving them that knowledge that they need. Um, And we need that in our life. So so that relationship between me and my mentor-servant, this never ends. It's somebody that's constantly teaching me.
0: I agree. I think it's always important to have that mindset of being a disciple and not ever becoming complacent, whether in the spiritual sense or in the sense of serving others. And also, we've kind of talked about this, how it's never too early or too late to start. So for anyone who might not have a mentor relationship, how do you advise someone actually to find a mentor servant?
1: I think that the most important thing is to first acknowledge within myself that I do need a mentor servant. Anyone that thinks that they know everything, as Proverbs says, uh, you know, you're, you're a fool. Once you have the right mindset, you have the need of that mentor servant, it's so important to look, to look around you and see who, who made an impact in your life, who uh, of, of the servants around you that you build a relationship with over the years. Uh, that they guided you, they were there for you, they taught you things, and who are you comfortable with to accept direction and corrections and advice from without having, like, you know, an awkward feeling about it? Who are you comfortable to go and talk to, no matter what the condition is and what the circumstances are? uh, That's the person that you want to approach and ask them to officially guide you in your life and in your spiritual life and in your service. That is how you chose your mentor-servant.
0: That makes sense. And I think it's also important to highlight the distinction between the relationship you have with your mentor-servant and the one that you would have with your spiritual father. So a mentor is not going to be able to give you the same exact perspective and speak to you in the same capacity the spiritual father is able to. So I think it's really great that you were able to point to some of the elements of a mentor-relationship that distinguish it from other relationships.
1: I am so glad, Karen, that you brought this up uh, because it's, it's so important to understand the boundaries around the mentor-servant relationship. While they can educate us and teach us and help us in our, our life, spiritual life and our service, there is boundaries. There is some things that you cannot share with your mentor-servant. And the minute that your mentor-servant is asking you or, or probing you for areas where you feel uncomfortable with, you know that this is conversation you need to have with your father of confession, not with your mentor-servant. So it's a very, very key point, and I'm very glad that you're harping on that one. This boundary is so important.
0: Thank you for that insight. So to close, I'd like to share a quote by Father Matthew the Poor, also known as Mehta el-Maskin. He says in his book called If You Love Me, that we have no excuse for neglecting our search for a spiritual role model. And what Bulas has shared with us today really echoes this quote. So before we close, I'm going to ask some questions. I'll call these rapid-fire questions. So we're going to wrap up the episode every week with the same few questions for each guest. Are you ready, Bulas?
1: Let's go for it, Kevin.
0: All right. First one. Tell us a funny or moving story that's happened in your experience as a servant.
1: The most impacting story to me was um, when I started serving and I was really young. I was really green. I didn't know any better uh, in service. And um, one of my kids, um, his father passed away. And like anybody coming out of Servants Prep and been in service for like six months, excited, figuring out like, you know, I have a Master of uh, Education in service and now I know it all. Uh, the first thing is like the right thing to do is just to go visit the kid. And I went. Uh, I missed on a lot of things. I missed in prayers. I missed in uh, taking another servant with me, talking to my mentor servant before I go and put myself into a fire of a brand new situation. And I I did, and I made the mistake. Um, And when I went there, I just did not know what to say. I didn't know how to give a comfort word. I didn't know how to deal with or understand what um, a a young kid feels or or understand about that situation. And and my whole point of this, it moved me. It made a big change in my life that I learned from there that no matter what situation is, big or small, moving forward, I do need to take my time, pray, understand, have a game plan before jumping into things and and doing things the the wrong way.
0: Yeah, that is, um, I think, a story that's quite relatable because it's so easy to jump right in, especially as a new servant and think that you can solve all the issues or be able to help everyone. And while that momentum and that fire is great, it's important to go through things the right way, as you said. My next question is, can you recommend a book about service to our listeners?
1: (laughs) There are so many books about service. uh, And the real book for service is just go to your kitchen, get a plate and get a jar of water and put it there on the floor and sit down and watch somebody's feet. That's your biggest book about service that you will be able to do. If you can start with your own household and you're able to do that, that's the biggest education and service you'll ever get. However, from an actual reading perspective and material, I personally think that the servant will never be focused unless he understands the goal. And uh, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite books is the book about heavens. It's written by um, the late Bishop Ioannis of Garbeya. And the book described heaven, describe our goal, describe where are we going with this? So for as long as you keep that target in front of your eyes, you will always do good in service because you know where you wanna go and you know your goal.
0: Yeah, I like that you say it's important to have the end in mind. So we are able to stay motivated. My third question is, what is your favorite quote about service?
1: A quote, this is the easiest one. As for me
0: and my house, we shall solve the role. Um
1: You'll see posters in my house with this with this verse. It's uh, Joshua uh, 34, 15. And you will see keychains. You will see probably that during Servants Prep, we give it as a logo in so many different things. It's a service takes a village. And it's not about one person. It's you, your wife, your kids, your brother, your sister, your parents. So I definitely encourage people to pay attention to that to that verse, which is the quote that I live by.
0: I like that verse, too. And I think the point you brought up that it's a lifestyle, that it's not just confined to something that you do during a certain time, that we, we serve on Sundays or we serve in a certain place, but it's rather the lifestyle. It's in your house. It's literally where you are all the time. So my last question is, if you can give one bit of advice to the listeners, what would that be?
1: I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I'm going to say it's really two, two quick things. Before you do anything in service, take a minute and pray. Um, it sounds like it's uh, something that we always hear and uh, just people say, oh yeah, just pray. No, it's not. It's very powerful. Even our Father, before you do something, You are calling God. You are acknowledging and remembering that this is God's service, not your service. Therefore, if there is fruits in the service, you will give the glory to God. And if there are struggles in the service, you always can go back to him and ask for help. So prayers before you serve is a very key thing. Second thing, which is I just said, uh, it's washing the feet. Make sure that in every person you deal with, not just the kids in your class, It's everyone, including your co-servants, people that service with you. Are you willing to sit down and wash their feet in a conversation, in an argument, in in discussions? Are you willing to do this? Or do I, I lose the focus and I'm always right because of servants, because of those kids, because of this? And you lose the focus. So my advice constantly, carry that jar with you. Uh, keep it in your mind, keep that virtual, you know, uh, set of washing the feet right next to you at all the time. So whenever it is something that's not going according to plan, just bring that image to life. Look at that person and say, can I sit right then now and wash their feet?
0: Thank you for that imagery. I think even for myself, I'll be keeping that in mind in the future, in the context of service, because it is true to always have the servant's heart, to look to wash the feet of others and put others' needs before our own. Thank you for all your wisdom and your thoughts and just for being here today, Boulis.
1: Uh, thank you so much for having me, Karen. And I'm very, very proud of you and, and really hope that the word and the message really continue uh, the gaps that Servant's Prayer does not cover.
0: Thank you so much and may God reward your service. Thanks, Karen. And thank you to all of you listeners for listening to this first episode. I'm looking forward to creating more of them and sharing them with you. And I've also created an Instagram page for this podcast, and I've made sure that's linked in the show notes. So please check it out and follow to hear updates about the podcast or reach out if you'd like. Thank you so much and see you soon.